This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grenolds with Dogman.com with Jason Shear from Wildcat Authority, the Arizona 24-7 site where Washington faces Arizona. Eight o'clock kickoff down in Tucson. Jason, first of all, tell me about how people in Arizona feel about an eight o'clock kickoff because people in Seattle hate eight o'clock kickoffs, but I know there's a need for it. How often are there night games in Tucson and do you ever have day games and when do they happen? (laughs) <laughs> well, there, there's only night games, and uh, really the 8 o'clock kickoff is only a, a half an hour later than we're all used to. So uh, while, while people are complaining and, and we don't like the, the nightly kickoffs, uh, the, the fact of the matter is it's pretty much all nightly kickoffs in, in Arizona. They try to avoid anything during the day in, in uh, September and October, and maybe if we're lucky, we'll, we'll get a, a day kickoff. But um, it, it's usually pretty much all night kickoffs. So just another half hour of tailgating is all this means, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about Arizona. The uh, main question that's going to be on the mind of Husky fans is J.J. Taylor and uh, Khalil Tate. How healthy are each one of those guys? Yeah, I mean, J.J. Taylor, he gave it a go against Colorado. I think he had one carry or so, and and they kind of took him right out the game. He, he's a really tough kid. Uh, maybe the toughest kid on the team. So if he can't play, it is a a very legitimate injury. It's a high ankle sprain right now. So my guess is he gives it a go against Washington, but uh, we probably won't know how successful he is or how healthy he is until he gives it that go. I I could see him starting and leaving early like he did against Colorado, or I could see him finishing the game. We don't really know, but I would be surprised if he just flat out uh, sat out the game because he's such a tough kid. And uh, with Khalil, he, he should be fine. Um, he tried to avoid running against Colorado a little bit because it was a little bit sore, but uh, he, he was able to move the ball effectively through the air. And I would expect him to try to run a little bit more against Washington. He's had that week, and, and they've kind of been taking it easy with him. But um, all in all, I, I both guys should be fine. Uh, I think Taylor's a little more questionable, but with Khalil, uh, overall, I, I think the injury is a, a non-factor. Yeah, with J.J. Uh, Taylor possibly not being 100% or, or not playing or playing a little bit, the cover's not exactly dry at the running back position for Arizona. Yeah, I mean, if there's one position that they could have probably afford to, to lose a guy, it would be running back. I mean, Taylor's the best running back on the roster, but they have a bunch of guys. If Taylor doesn't go, Gary Brightwell will get the start. He's more of a, a power type of runner, and then they'll bring in uh, a guy by the name of Bam Smith, who, who is a very good pass catcher and, and kind of an elusive back. They'll use Michael Wiley, who's a true freshman, in, in the same way as Bam. And then they have Nathan Tilford, who's probably going to get like five or, or so carries, maybe a little bit more against Washington, who who's a straight-up power back. They don't use him as a receiver at all. So they have legitimately four running backs. It's not like they're playing guys just to play them. Uh, there's some real talent they like to use. 
Wiley and Bam Smith out of the backfield as as receivers and play two back sets and kind of try to move the defense around. So um, you can pretty much assume that if Bam Smith or Wiley are in the backfield, uh, there's a good chance they're going to throw the ball to one of those guys. And then Brightwell's a, a power back who happens to be uh, the fastest guy on the team, or at least one of them. So uh, they've struggled to run the past few weeks. More of that is because of what opposing defenses are doing. Uh, but there's still quite a bit of talent at the running back position for Arizona. J.J. Taylor and Sean McGrew came out the same year. They're both not real big guys. J.J. Taylor, I think, is built a lot bigger. But, uh, you know, J.J. Taylor is a lot more cut version, more like Chico McClatcher at Washington. But, you know, runs with a lot more authority. So tell me the difference between J.J. Taylor and some of the other backs. Is there a style difference in there? Um, you know, power back or, or the, you know, tell me the difference there. I think Taylor is similar to, to Bam Smith in that he, he's a versatile back. I think the difference is with Taylor is even though he, he's only 5'6 or 5'7, uh, he's built really well. I mean, he's like a bowling ball. He, he's His trunk is huge and, and he's really powerful, uh, runs really strong for a guy his size and they can use him as a receiver. But uh, I think the, the thing that they're missing with him is his ability to, to run in between the tackles and bounce outside um, with the other running backs is kind of a either-or situation. Brightwell's more of a in-between-the-tackles, and, and Wiley and Bam Smith are, are kind of outside guys. But with Taylor, uh, he's more versatile. He can hurt you in, in a variety of ways as a running back, and I think that's kind of what they're missing is that, that well-balanced back. Tell me, you mentioned you know the running game hasn't been successful the last couple of games, but that may have more to do with the defense that has been being played. Tell me about the offensive line and what a defense has been doing to stop the running attack. Yeah, so basically what, what happened, and it, it kind of started after the Texas Tech game. Arizona had a drive against Texas Tech, 13 plays, 99 yards, and, and they didn't throw the ball once. Uh, they ran the ball every down, and uh, they were just dominating Tech. And then basically what happened is after that game, uh, UCLA and Colorado, I mean, they're putting seven guys in the box, and uh, Arizona just can't run the ball. Uh, and so the, the offensive line, the run blocking is good. I mean, they, they are one of the best, consistently one of the best running teams in the country. Uh, but what's happening is the opposing defenses are basically saying, we're going to take the run. And if Khalil Tate beats us, so be it. And Colorado tried that and it, it didn't work at all. But um, that's what teams are doing. And the pass blocking has been great for Khalil Tate. So even though the run blocking isn't that good, it's usually because of numbers. I mean, there's five linemen blocking seven guys and it gets difficult, but uh, the pass protection ha has been great. Khalil Tate wasn't touched against Colorado, um, wasn't really pressured at all. Uh, Grant Cannell wasn't really pressured at all against UCLA. I think he got sacked once. Um, so this is a team where even if the run game isn't working, uh, the pass blocking has been fine. It's just it, Noel Mazzoni's offense revolves around taking what the defense gives you. And so while they'll try to establish the run against Washington and really any opponent, uh, if it's not there, they have no issue kind of giving up on it and, and going to more of a passing game. What was the issue with Tate, uh, um, Khalil Tate? What was the injury? He uh, late in Texas Tech game, he he had a run where he got pretty banged up and uh, he pulled a hamstring and it kind of people thought it'd be fine, but uh, it just didn't respond well to treatment and he had a, a sore ankle and. Uh, really, you know, with Khalil, generally speaking, even though Colorado's kind of a, an outlier, if Khalil can't run, uh, he's not nearly as effective. If he becomes a drop-back passer, he's not nearly as effective. He was sore uh, the week of the UCLA game, didn't practice as much, and uh, I think, you know, it, 
they probably wouldn't admit this, but the, the Arizona coaches probably felt, hey, we could beat UCLA without Khalil Tate. Let's give him another week to get healthy. And, and that's what they did. They went with Gunnell and uh, they went with Tate against Colorado and it, it wound up working out in both games. I think some people are under the misconception of Khalil Tate that he's a small quarterback. He's not. No, he's a he's a big dude. I mean, he he's built well. Uh, he's got good size, um, but but really, I mean, he he's built like like a a strong wide receiver almost. I mean, he he's not a small guy at all. Um, he when he puts his his shoulder down and he's running, uh, I've seen him knock linebackers back. I mean, he he's a strong kid. Does he have the wide receivers to throw to? Yeah, it's it's a little different this year because there is no dominant wide receiver. Uh, but Arizona has like five or six guys who, who are pretty good. Um, you know, Tavian Cunningham is a guy where he's a JUCO guy, uh, really nice speed, um, and they'll use him. He's the leading receiver, but I'm not even sure that he's like the best receiver on the team because there's guys will spread it out to him. They got a freshman, Booby Curry, uh, who's a four-star guy out of high school who's finally healthy, and they played him pretty much for the first time. Uh, uh, of the season last game, and he played well against Colorado, Cedric Peterson, Brian Castile. So these are all guys where, um, you know, for instance, Khalil Tate found 11 different receivers last game. And, and that's, I don't want to say it's a normal game, but that's kind of Arizona's strategy in the passing game. It's they're going to find numerous receivers, and, and they're not going to focus in on one guy. So it, it makes it difficult to play in for because uh, if you do focus in on one guy, there's still two, three, four guys uh, that could hurt defenses. If Washington's able to close down the outside and keep Khalil Tate in the pocket, how do Arizona fans, coaches feel about Khalil Tate just staying in the in the pocket to be able to throw it downfield? You know, it probably not great, but the Colorado game, I, I think, gave people some optimism because Colorado did that. He only ran three or four times, and, and Khalil wound up throwing for, for 400 yards. Now, with that being said, the Colorado secondary isn't anywhere near as good as Washington secondary. Colorado secondary is bad. Uh, so I, I think that... Um, ideally people want to see Khalil Tate run and get outside the pocket and, and kind of make plays with his legs. Um, the Colorado game did give some optimism, but I still think ideally if you're looking at Khalil Tate, you don't want him to be just a, a straight up pocket passer. If you're a defensive coordinator, how are you attacking this Arizona offense? I think you got to, to me, you got to take away the run. I think that ideally you do keep Khalil Tate in that pocket and, and you kind of disguise and mix things up. I, I think that a lot of times Khalil, uh, the biggest knock on him is that he tries to play hero ball a, a little bit. And sometimes he doesn't see things because of that. So I think if you're mixing things up and, and disguising it a little bit, uh, you can confuse him in the passing game because uh, he tends to focus in on, on certain guys or or maybe wants to go deep a lot more than, than he should as opposed to kind of taking what's there. So uh, if I'm watching him, I'm, I'm trying to take away the run and, and disguising things. I wouldn't be surprised if they played that extra DB or two because it, it makes sense with how, uh, with how Arizona usually attacks other teams. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Arizona's first game against Hawaii. I know a lot of Washington fans watch that game. How is this Arizona defense different than the defense that faced Hawaii? 
it was as if like the Hawaii game happened and they kind of all sat down and, and said, we can't do that because it's, it's, it was embarrassing. I mean, it really was. They couldn't stop Hawaii on the ground. They couldn't stop him in the air. It was a flat out bad defensive performance. And I think the biggest difference is that defensive coordinator Marcel Yates finally realized that he needs to change around his defense to make sure the best players were on the field. So like Arizona has three good linebackers and Colin Schooler, Anthony Pandy and Tony Fields. But Yates was playing formations where Anthony Pandy was on the sideline. Um, and, and it didn't make a lot of sense. And so what he wound up doing and why the defense has slowly gotten better is they're putting the best guys on the field. So they'll they'll play a lot of three linebacker sets. They'll put Jace Whitaker, who's a cornerback, really good one, in the slot in order to get the other cornerbacks on the field and, and be better in coverage. And so uh, I think the biggest difference actually has to do with coaching and having more of a rotation on defense and and being able to put the guys uh, in a better position to succeed. Because I thought the game plan against Hawaii and overall the the personnel numbers uh, just didn't make a lot of sense, and they've changed drastically since that game. Who are the difference makers? Who are the uh, playmakers and the numbers that Washington fans need to keep an eye on when they're watching this game? Uh, I think that it starts with the linebackers to me. Colin Schooler and Tony Fields have been playing some really good football. Tony Fields, the, the last two games against UCLA and Colorado, probably the two best games of his career. And if not, they're right there. Uh, those are the guys that are going to rush the quarterback the most. Uh, in, in the secondary, Jace Whitaker, like I mentioned, he, he might be the best corner. If he's not the best corner in the conference, uh, he's right there with them. He's really, really good. Uh, defensive line, they're going to rotate a lot of guys. Uh, they'll they'll have guys, you know, they'll go three in, three out type of deal where, where they try to keep things fresh. Uh, Jalen Harris is probably the best pass rusher, but uh, what teams have been doing is they, they haven't been subbing. So if Jalen Harris is off the field, they kind of go. So Arizona can't put him back on the field. So for some reason, uh, like he only played 30 snaps against Colorado and like 25 against UCLA. And, and he's much better than that. I, I think he's Arizona's best true pass rusher. But those are probably the, the guys that I would keep an eye on. Lorenzo Burns is another corner. Uh, he has a knack for, for intercepting the ball. He's kind of underrated. But to me, Arizona can't win and it can't make stops unless those linebackers are, are playing well. I think it all starts with them. Washington's quarterback, Jacob Eason, big arm. I mean, if, Jason, if Jacob Eason's going to attack that defense, if you're telling Jacob where to focus, where are you telling Jacob Eason to throw the ball? I, I think Arizona has really struggled with their safety coverage, uh, especially over the top. Scotty Young is a solid safety against the run, but against the pass, he, he's he's really struggled this season. I mean, he got, uh, you look at the Hawaii game, I know I said it's changed, but they were picking on him quite a bit. Uh, he's a little slower. He's a big hitter, uh, but I would probably attack him the most. Uh, Christian Young is the other safety. I, I think that uh, he tends to struggle in pass coverage a little bit. So if Washington's going to attack uh, with the pass, to me, I, I would go right out to the safeties until Arizona figures out a way to stop them or, or to see if those guys can step up. Intangibles. Talk about the crowd. What kind of crowd are we expecting? Does it make a difference down there? Uh, you know, normally uh, it, I wouldn't expect a great crowd, but Arizona announced that there's only 6,000 tickets left. So right now that would mean that they have about 44,000 set up to be in the stands. And, and I expect them to sell a, a couple thousand and more. And it's it's family weekend this weekend. So it, it's going to be a, a better crowd. Um, Arizona fans are probably like most fans where if the game's not going their way, they'll probably leave at halftime. And if the game is going their way, they'll, they'll stay. The zone of zoo, the student section, uh, has been really good, but 
You know, intangibles, anytime we talk about Arizona and Washington, I think the biggest intangible is that for whatever reason, Washington doesn't play well in the desert, whether it's Arizona or ASU. Um, I don't know why, but I guess Arizona has that going for them. The late start, Arizona is used to it. I'm not sure how used to it Washington is, but uh, the crowd should be uh, a better crowd or one of the better crowds that Arizona's had this season. How much does the weather impact opposing teams coming into Tucson? Um, I, I think it, it depends on the team. You know, it, it. I don't know if it's the weather necessarily. I think Arizona is really well conditioned. I, I've seen teams come in where it's the daytime and it's really hot and they, and they kind of wilt, but it's not going to be that hot that late at night. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a major factor. Washington, if, if it was a, a game during the day, I, I could see it being a factor, but I don't really think it'll it'll come into play much on Saturday. Washington fans coming into town, they're going to have a little time before the game. Give them a watering hole and some great Mexican food tips. I would just, if you want to drink, I would just go to, to university. There's a frog and firkin, no anchovies, um, good food, good pizza. And, and that's where most people will be uh, before the game. For, for Mexican food, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but you can really go most places around campus in Tucson and, and it'll be really good. Um, anywhere on like 12th Avenue, which is only like 10 minutes away from campus, um, it has good Mexican food. There's a really cool place uh, called the Mercado, which is like five minutes from campus where it's outside. They have good Mexican, good coffee. Um, it's kind of a, a cool place to hang out. But uh, university is probably the, uh, the place to go before the game just because there's a bunch of bars and that's usually where people hang out. All right, 8 o'clock kickoff. What time does Jason Shear leave the press box on Sunday morning? Because <laughs> I know it's not going to be Saturday night. It's going to be Sunday morning. What time do you leave the press box? I, I'm hoping to be home uh, by 1 a.m. I know I probably won't be, but uh, but uh, we'll see. You know, Arizona games, sometimes they move fast, but um, I usually go home at 1 a.m. and then get a little more work at home. So I'm assuming I won't be in bed until uh, until 5 a.m., but we'll see. I'm hoping I'm out of there by two, two hour drive up to Phoenix puts me in at four. I got a 10 o'clock flight. Yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to you're already laughing at me. Jason. should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Always is down in the desert. Jason's here from wildcat authority on the 24, seven, uh, 24, seven sports.com backslash Arizona. And you will find everything you ever want to know about Arizona football. Hey, and before I let you go, Sean Miller going to make it through the year. Yeah, yeah, I think he will. It's uh, they've backed him to the point where you know it would take something major for him not to make it through the year, and who knows what happens after the end of the season. But but I definitely think he makes it through the year, and I don't think they're concerned about it. They canceled Snoop Dogg. That was the big thing, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish they would do something like that where they just go all out like Kansas and basically say you know f you to the NCAA. But that's the, they're just not going to do it. Come get us. Yeah. So Jason, <laughs> Jason, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.